Welcome back to the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I'm the editor and publisher of theweeklydriver.com and automotive columnist for Bay Area News Group on Sundays in the San Jose Mercury and East Bay Times. My colleague and friend is Bruce Aldrich, and today we have on a longtime friend and probably the, the preeminent uh, RV site going is rvtravel.com, uh, and my friend, uh, Actually, my mentor, one of my mentors, is Chuck Woodbury. He's going to be on our, our podcast for the second time. Hi, Chuck. Hey, James. And hey, Bruce. Yes, hi. Bruce, hi. I, uh, Chuck, I, I haven't re- forgotten for a second the last time we spoke with you was that we covered a lot of bases, and mm-hmm. I remember how, how it was so important to you and the industry about uh, people getting lemons in the RVs and, and the backlash of um, mm-hmm. your site and your expertise and, and maybe some others ab- about just how bad some of the RV sales and some of the products are. Is that still a, a prominent issue in, in your in your area? Well, you know, it's always been a problem, but it's been worse in recent years because demand for RVs has been so great and these factories have been going all out. Uh, and um, I think some of the things that I've learned in the last few years that I didn't know before was that when RVs come out of a factory, they are not in, there's no final there's not necessarily a final inspection. They just put them on a they either drive them to a dealer if it's a motorhome or put them on a trailer, and it's up to the dealer to then go through them and fix what's wrong. And there's often a lot of stuff wrong. Um, so uh, it, 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 and there's a shortage of technicians, so that's made it hard for um, you know for the dealers to take the time to do a, what's called a PDI. Um, and so a lot of people have got RVs that have you know pretty a lot of defects that should have been fixed before they got them, and then they have a hard time. It can be months before they get get them ready to go again, if 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 not a year. Um, it's not uncommon. So, but I, I noticed yesterday that Heartland, which is one of the bigger companies, has uh, made an announcement yesterday that they are going to do a PDI, a pre-delivery inspection, on 100% of the vehicles coming out of their factory. So that's a big deal. Um, I think there's been a lot of pressure uh, on the on the manufacturers, generated a lot by us and by a few other websites, and um, um, and it's embarrassing the the uh, the manufacturers, or at least is putting pressure on them to uh, do a better job. But you know they're 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 turning out so many, and they're turning them out as cheaply as they can for the people that want the really cheap ones. Um, and they just the quality is. It kind of reminds me of what the auto industry was like back in the say the 50s before the Japanese and uh, Europeans came in, the Germans came in, and, and uh, you know built these really good little solid cars that went a lot farther and further and um, with fewer problems. And there's no competition for the American RV companies. So um, it's still a problem. And um, so we spend a lot of our time trying to educate people on how to buy an RV. Yes, Chuck, uh, regarding competition, you told us once before, what was the number of companies that control how much of the market? It was astounding to me. Yeah, it's uh, three companies, Winnebago, Thor. Well, Thor's the biggest. Uh, Forest River is second, and then the Winnebago, and they control about 85% of the market. Wow. Um, if you go back, um, say, 25 years ago, you probably would have found that those uh, that there were probably uh, 
50 companies that re- I'm just guessing sure. that control that much of the market. So it's, you know, you really don't, you've got that a lot of little guys out there and then the big three. And um, so, you know, not a lot of competition. And if you buy something from, I mean, Thor owns, um, bought Airstream and Airstream has one, one of those, been one of those products that was always regarded, highly regarded um, for, you know, long before RVs were cool. And um, so now they're coming out of being built by Thor. So we'll see what happens. I have friends that have maybe about six RVs, various types, mm-hmm. and two of them are Airstreams, and they seem to mm-hmm. be fine. And the mm-hmm. other four people, mm-hmm. troubles like you're talking about. <laughs> just it just the quality control apparently is, is like you said, non-existent. Yeah, there's no, you know, and there's no competition to speak of. Um, and you know, and RVs are not when you think of an assembly line. Um, you think of uh, Detroit and you think of robots and, uh, you know, it's every car is virtually identical um, of a particular model. But RVs are put together by um, uh, people They're They move along an assembly line, but um, they're like what they're really doing is building a small house on the back of a chassis or uh, on the top of a, a chassis for a trailer. And um, there's a, the cheap ones are, if you look at, go on a factory tour, you'll see that they're put together largely by, um, with staple guns and glue. They're, they're not, you know, they're <laughs> perfect. Gosh, perfect. Yeah. Then I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. I that's, believe you. That's the truth. Yeah. And uh, they're not made to last a long time. And yet it's very common today for um, uh, companies to finance a, even a tent trader, something that costs say $12,000 to finance them for 12 years. A, they'll finance a travel trader that might cost twenty-five dollars to $30,000. They'll finance that for 15 years, and they'll finance a cheap motorhome for 20 years. What could go wrong? And, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. And they're, you know, they're made to maybe go 10 years at the most. And, and, and these people think, well, we can afford 200 a month or 500 a month, or in some cases, 1500 a month. But they don't understand that, you know, they're going to have mechanical problems and um, these things are not cheap and they're not cheap to operate. So um, it's but people fall in love with RVs and it's easy to understand. You walk in and it's this cute little, beautiful, little cozy like cabin and you think, oh, boy, I can go out by the park this along the ocean or um, up in the mountains. Wouldn't this be great? We'll have a campfire and roast marshmallows. Let let your mind wander for sure. Yeah. And sometimes it is. And for many people, that's the experience. So it's not that this is a horrible thing. It's just for those people out there that really get stuck with a bad RV um, and then have really have troubles getting them fixed uh, in a timely manner, um, if ever. Um, those poor people are just uh, beside themselves. And the, the lemon laws, which you brought up, are not um, uh, they're not. Uh, different states have different lemon laws, but basically the RV industry fights any lemon laws about the uh, the house part of an RV. There are lemon laws, of course, on the automotive part, um, but the house part, there's there's no um, uh, the, the RV RV industry association fights any uh, laws, uh, proposed laws in state legislatures around the country to defeat those because uh, it would be very detrimental to the the manufacturers. Um, so uh, it's, it's a problem, and the Lebanon lawyers right now are doing a, a grand business. Chuck, I thought about you last night. Of course, I think about you know you a lot because we're, we're longtime friends, and we, we mm-hmm. do some of the similar things, me with autos and Bruce with autos, but you in the RV world. 
Mm-hmm. I, uh, to bring it into kind of current events, I've been watching, and hopefully you have, the Ken Burns film on uh, country music, and I was chuckling because it's, in some ways, it's the reverse of Cars. Um, the Some of the early performers were traveling the country in these just mm-hmm. monstrous-looking old beasts that you used to mm-hmm. wonder they got 10 miles down the road. And, yeah. you know, with Cars, it's the re- people look at the old cars as, boy, they really built cars great back in the day. But I can't mm-hmm. imagine that some of the RVs or the whatever they called them, trailers, I guess, back then, mm-hmm. were, were um, made very well at all. Uh, is, is that the case? Or were some of those early RVs, um, did they have some, uh, some stability back, back then? Well, I think the difference is, is that an RV, an RV, when you go back, I mean, I remember my, my parents had an RV. And, yes. you know, it, it was um, when I was a little kid. And but you know it didn't have holding tanks, it didn't have air conditioners, it didn't have electronic systems where you could, you know, use your your iPhone uh, to uh, extend your uh, your um, slide outs, and it and slide outs of course have all sorts of problems, so they were much simpler. I think back to my one of my first cars, which was a '58 Volkswagen that I inherited, and I mean I'm a pretty much an idiot mechanically, but yes. I could even go in and work in that thing. But sure. try to work on a car today in your garage and you know it's and it's the same with rvs so you've got these very complicated rvs with very uh complicated electrical systems and and um of course finding people um to work on these things can you imagine if you if you're an rv technician you're just not you're not working on a one thing like an engine you're working on a you've got to be a plumber you've got to be an electrician you've got to be a woodworker handyman um, you've got to wear all these hats. And then for the most part, you're not going to make very good money. So it's been a real problem getting people that are competent to work on RVs. And uh, and then with the huge number of RVs being sold and so many of them having defects, these people go back to the dealer after they get it and they say, this doesn't work, this doesn't work. The, the thing is leaking. The floor is spongy in places or or the, uh, the outside is... Uh, exterior is um, um, peeling off cracking. or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or anything. And they say, well, I, we can't get you in for six weeks and or a month or, or uh, two months. And then you get in there and then they say, well, we haven't, you know, we can't uh, gee, we're all, it's going to, we're going to have to order this part. And, and some of these things are, are um, sometimes these people are just beyond upset. They're still paying their, their monthly payment. Their um, um, their warranties are tick tick tick. Their one year warranties are are, uh, are expiring, um, and so these are some of the problems. It's the complexities of these things, and the fact that people want everything electronic. They want wine coolers. They want mm-hmm. built-in dishwashers. They want heated floors. They want built-in vacuums, uh, dishwashers. Um, I mean, it goes on and on and on. And these things are complex, and you break down in some little town and you know, the middle of Kansas and good luck finding somebody who, you know, can even fix your car, much less a, a complicated RV with all these electronics. Yes. So it's a problem. It's a problem. And again, I'm, I'm sounding like doom and gloom here, but um, I mean, I've went out for two years um, full time here just recently. And, you know, we had a few problems, but we were able to call mobile techs, technicians, and we got them fixed. And that's kind of what most people deal with. Um, that they can get things fixed if they're creative, but um, too often it's very difficult. Um, so that's would be 
you know, kind of the, if you want to look at the negative side of RVing, that's kind of what you're looking at. Well, a little more positive. Uh, oh, uh, my mm-hmm. wife and I have rented RVs uh, three mm-hmm. times. In fact, we're going to go in again next month, a rental, because we don't mm-hmm. want all these problems. <laughs> like, you're, yeah, the doom yeah. and gloom here. Um, but I do notice in their uh, rental contract that it says, mm-hmm. you know, basically anything that doesn't get that thing down the road is not a reason to to uh, rebate money or to cancel or mm. anything else. In other words, if, if the, mm-hmm. you know, the heater doesn't work or the, mm. the, the, uh, um, the yawning doesn't go out, you name it, these pretty essential stuff. Don't, yeah. you know, don't worry about, or, you know, we'll try to talk you through it, but we're not going to give you any money back. No. So yeah, that I, really covers them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, those rentals, uh, if you get them from the, the, the major rental companies, they're very inexpensive RVs. Um, they're built specially for the rental uh, companies, stripped down, simplified. Um, but they're not, they're not, again, they're not made to last um, too long. And then what they'll do is they'll um, cruise, cruise America is, is the biggest. And what they'll do then is they'll, um, they'll go ahead and sell those RVs after a certain period of time. And, and you can buy them. You know, you can buy a Class C motorhome f- uh, from them for thirty, thirty-five thousand or something sure. like that. We looked um, into those. We uh, we mm-hmm. uh, we go to a, a local company here in town, mm-hmm. and uh, they're more first-run ones. I think you know they're they're mm-hmm. brand they're current year models. And yeah, they're uh, Sunseeker. Is that Four Winds? Um, um, well, there is a Sunseeker. Yeah, that's a, it's an we, inexpensive. We've been doing, we've been doing yeah. Sunseeker ones, and they've got the awnings and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, it's not top end, but. Uh, yeah. But it's but you know for you good to for, us, but yeah yeah and and they're good to most people. Um, so I'm I'm concerned about those people. Uh, my business at RVTravel.com, we are more concerned about educating people about the um, how to maintain their RVs and how to stay out of trouble and just and and especially when they're buying, what to look for. You know, just pay attention to the details. For example. You, you would think that these RV dealers or manufacturers would, would think of the design through where um, everything was logical. But you can go in and sit at a couch in a brand new RV and, and, and look around. And it all looks beautiful. And then someone will ask you, well, how are you going to watch TV? And you realize that the only way to watch the, the television is to bend your neck sideways. <laughs> um, and, you know, you, yes. there really isn't a place to watch television. Um, Chuck, another area of the of the positive side of, of RVing, um, since I've known you for many many years, have the trends in what people do has it changed, and is there still an open road? Because you read, I read a lot of stories, and you know much better than I do that you know campgrounds are crowded and people have to get reservations mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. So maybe it's a double, uh, it's a two questions in one. Is the open mm-hmm. road and places to discover, are they still out there? And have the trends in what people are buying in the RV world, has it changed from larger, smaller, different um, kinds of RVs? So it's a kind of a, a double question mm-hmm. and one question. Well, there's a, f- a huge range of RVs from little pop-up trailers to luxury um, uh, motorhomes that will cost you half a million dollars or yes. $2 million if you really want to go crazy. Yeah. Um, there are many more fifth wheels today. These are the ones that you um, pull with a truck that they, the front of them kind of goes up and attaches on the, the bed of the truck. They're yes. much more uh, easier to pull and they're very popular. 
Um, so today you've got millennials, which are the average age of an RV is going down. It's at the top of the uh, high 40s now, but that's including the older people and the younger people. So it's but it's it's gradually gone down. Um, so, but what has happened is just imagine um, any city that that uh, springs up fast. It's the country and everybody's on a ranch and they got their goats and their cows and, and it's peaceful at night. And then that fills in like suburbia and there's no longer any open space. It's just houses and busy streets. It's kind of what's happened to uh, this country with RVing is there's just so many more people and they want and all these uh, RVs today are built with um uh, they have things that depend on electricity. Yes. So these people want an electric hookup. Now, state parks will have them sometimes, um, but private RV parks are where most people want to go. They can hook up to their sewer and have all the conveniences. So the people that are in a lot, that are in the high-end RVs, and the people that may be out there full-time or a good part of the year, they want those parks. And so what's happened is those are increasingly filled up with full-timers and those could be retirees that are just living in their rv they have no home or they can be people on contract that work on pipelines in, in the midwest they work they might work on windmills and they go from one location to another and instead of staying in a local hotel they just haul their their um, rv comfortable rv with them and they take a spot up seasonally um, in a park a friend of mine owns a, a large rv park in virginia he was approached by a representative of a company coming in that was building a pipeline. And he says, how much, he said to the, the this guy said to my friend, he said, how, how much would you make if every one of your campsites was filled um, 365 days a year? And whatever that amount is, we'll pay you 20% higher than that if you'll uh, rent us the entire park. Wow. Great story. So he could go ahead then and take all that money did he do it? Not have to worry about checking people in. None of the hassles you have of, and um, and but then he declined because he said, "Well, geez, all the years we've been in business, we have all these people that come back every year. We're going to have to turn them away. They won't sure. come back." Yeah. But this is what's happening, um, and the number of people, and then you've got the the millennials, uh, largely, um, who um, have say they have great, they have high student um, debt, loan debt. They can't afford to buy a, a, a house, but they can afford to buy a very nice RV. And when you look at these, they are very comfortable. The ones that are, say, $100,000 and up. And they just say, hey, we can live in this and pull into an RV park. And uh, we don't have any property taxes. We don't have this or that. And when we want to go move, we can just hook it up and go. Um, so you got a lot of that. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the... Um, the weekend campers, of course, as there's always been. Um, and for the people that don't want elect, don't need electricity, they just want to go out and have a nice, quiet experience, they can still go out to those Forest Service campgrounds in the middle of nowhere and have no problem. Um, but unfortunately, if they're addicted to Facebook, um, they're used to posting every little thing they do, then they say, oh, we can't stay out there because I, I can't get on Facebook. So they don't they want to be somewhere where they can get cell phones. Huh? A deal killer, yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. for many people it is. Yes. And, yeah. and so they don't want to go out there. So you've got these these wonderful parks in the middle of nowhere um that aren't filled, but people want, are so spoiled with their gadgets and electronics and things, they don't want to go out there. So that puts more pressure on the the parks that are have good cell phone coverage or Wi Fi or whatever. Yes. So it's much more crowded and that finally 
the idea of going where you want, when you want, just getting up in the morning and say, well, you don't want, do we want to go north or south or east or west? That's pretty darn hard to do anymore because you really do need to have a reservation. Gotcha. Um, and so that's how it's changed. It's just, it's just become a lot more crowded. Um, and, um, you know, they're selling half a million RVs a year. It's gone down this year slightly. Um, I think it's peaked, but uh, for a while anyway. But um, it's very, it's much more crowded. That's all. Hey, Chuck, in, in a, another area, as your mm-hmm. as your as RV travel has uh, expanded and grown, uh, mm-hmm. you have experts writing in different areas, and mm-hmm. um, I think uh, of RVs as a niche. And now, of course, I've been educated that it's it's not a niche anymore. It's it's part of the Americana. Mm-hmm. What what mm-hmm. are some of the people who are writing, uh, uh, asking you questions, or asking your other contributors questions? What are what are some of the topics that um, that uh, our listeners should be aware of that are other than the lemons. Um, are there things mm-hmm. about sewer systems or hook, water yeah. hookups? What what's happening in in those areas from your experts? Everything, everything. There's you know you've uh, we cover all the ways to deal with your you know you've got a sewage system in here. You've got to dump it, and, and there's different chemicals and things you can put in there so they don't smell. And so there's all kinds of theories and talk that way. Then we have a, a guy named Mike Sokol who's the uh, definitely the national authority on RV electricity, which is different than your home electricity. Yes. And he's, uh, he's been very, um, he's very popular because he, uh, uh, electricity is the one part of a, an RV other than when you're on the road driving that can p- potentially uh, cause great harm to the RV and, um, you know, a miswired pedestal, uh, uh, something, a lightning hit nearby can blow up your electronics, things like that. Um, uh, electricity. Then we have people that, that write about tires. Uh, yes, you know special concerns on tires. We're just starting a column from a guy who's an accountant, and he's talking about the tax implications of of um, our RV uh, buying an RV because you can write off um, your interest in most cases if you have a self self contained RV. You can write off the interest on your loan just as you would a second home, so you can get a tax deduction. Great. Um, Wasn't so aware that can, of that. That's great. Oh yeah, that means that means a lot to people, you know. Sure. Um, and um, so he'll write about that kind of stuff. You know, if you're operating a business out of your RV, what can you write off? Um, and what is a business? I mean, if you if you uh, have a, a YouTube account and you make a hundred dollars a month off YouTube's, then is your RV a business? Are you mm-hmm. operating a business? If so, do you have the proper insurance to operate a business? Or can you just get by with personal insurance? Um, so there's and warranties. We write about warranties and um, uh, all that. You've got to basically you've got a house on wheels, and any issue that you have with a house, you're going to have with an RV. And and the difference is that when you've got an RV, you're you're moving around, you're bouncing, and like everybody says, it's like a constant earthquake. And you know what if your home was subjected to that kind of torture all the time? That you know things happen. Um, so we write about all that stuff. And I, and I want to add as, as a way of a compliment, of course, Chuck mm-hmm. writes, uh, uh, up coming up to a thousand issues, um, and not too long. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. one of the major attractions of, of your website and your newsletter is you mm-hmm. and in your essays and, um, mm-hmm. your, your personal spin on uh, things that you've experienced, whether it's, um, on the road, your relationship, a friends, mm-hmm. uh, different things. So, um, that's, that's the expertise is great in other areas that are really important, but just to read what, what y- your experiences are in, in a great way is, is, um, 
I'm not even in the RV industry and I'm your friends, but I, I look forward to it every time because it's, it's a go-to and it's, it's a personality and that's the, that's yeah. the great part too. Yeah, that's the other part of it. And, you know, we, we, other, our other writers are human beings. We don't hide behind, um, like so many websites, you don't even know who's, who's operating it. There's no names, there's no personality. Yes. And so we're, we're just down home and, um, we're not afraid to, um, we get in there and answer the comments and, um, and put our email addresses all over the place. So we have somebody easily to write to and a human will respond. And what a concept. Um, <laughs> I know and, and it's, it's such a, it's a simple concept and yes. it endears your, it endears your readers to you and um, they like you and you know, good things happen when people like you. So, um, and we, we keep them out of trouble. So they like that and they appreciate it. And we're not advertising supported. We do have advertising, but we don't uh, solicit it um, because we don't want to be beholden to advertisers to just be quiet about problems. We want to be able to point them out, and without them saying, "Okay, if you write that, we're gonna we're gonna take uh, all advertising somewhere else," and we don't have to worry about that. Which, as you know, James is a problem in the um, all all kinds of publishing, sure. not just yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the other area yeah. that um, we didn't cover, and, and I, again, mm-hmm. I don't want to go back to doom and gloom, and it's not really doom and gloom, but it's yeah. it's the area of uh, people now living in city, big cities when they can't yeah. afford housing in, in Walmart parking lots or other areas. Yeah. Uh, has that improved, or has it gotten worse in the last time since we spoke well, maybe almost a year ago on our podcast? Yeah. What's happening in that world? Well, I guess it depends on how you define worse. Yeah. People that are homeless that don't have anything, the choice of being in an old beat-up RV on the side of a street or being in a cardboard box right on the sidewalk is pretty um, dramatically uh, improved in the RV. So it's becoming much more uh, uh, popular as a way for people uh, marginalized to um, have a place to live. But, of course, I mean, we had a story the other day about a guy who uh, – uh, this little cul-de-sac in a neighborhood near Colorado, and they watched as a tow truck pulled into their little cul-de-sac, hold, uh, towing a 32-foot motorhome. He dropped the motorhome right there and drove away. Just left the motorhome on the side of the street. Oh my! And um, and the the residents, of course, it was beat up. Um, the residents didn't know uh, what the heck whose was it. Was it somebody in the neighborhood? Whatever, but. And um, and then people started coming in late at night and sleeping in it and leaving early in the morning. And it, it, it took the local television station to do a story on it before the, the city council was able to or the police or whatever the jurisdiction was to actually come out and finally move it. Otherwise, it'll be still be sitting there. Um, <laughs> city blocks of up here in Seattle. It's terrible. The, the, the problem in town and, you know, um, and the, what they call RV ranchers. These are the guys that go to auctions and buy uh, buy RVs for a dollar that don't even run. They haul them, they'll haul them out and they'll rent them to a somebody that has very little money for $50 a week and they'll uh, tow them to a, a part of the town where they know they can leave it. Um, and then the people will live there. Of course, there's no, the toilets fill up. They can't dump them. And then the police come and say, you got to move. Then these guys will, uh, their tow truck will go out and move them somewhere else. Um, Then you have blocks and blocks of this. And sometimes in very nice neighborhoods. Yes. And you can't blame the people. James, how would you like it if somebody put a 
just brought a junker RV out on your right on your in front of your on your sidewalk. Yes, I um, understand completely. You, it's it's not a yeah, good thing. It'd be like Burning Man. Yeah. <laughs> it's Burning Man. That's yeah. right. Not to make too much fun of it. You know, but but so that's that's a big issue, and um, I seen I saw that coming twenty years ago. I just knew it was going to happen, and of course the difference between the rich and the poor in this country today is 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 uh, larger than it's ever been so these poor these people that just hey if i was one of them i and i could get in an rv and me too um, i would yes. I'd, uh, absolutely jump on it I, you got to do what you got to do um but so it's a lot more than just about rving however if you just look at it the rv uh, perspective um it's really um added a dimension that nobody really wants to talk about but it's it's just going to get worse in terms of um these beat up old 20 year old rvs that don't even run uh, sitting on the side of the streets and and in some cases even just drop dumping their holding tanks in the gutter not Ooh, it happens yes yeah chuck i was um, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sorry um i was thinking um you also do product reviews and tests, right? What what would our listeners, if you pick like three or four must-have gadgets or something to make your RV travel easier or more fun or more comfortable? Oh, I, yeah, I just we write about a whole bunch of little, just you know, I mean, we we highly recommend that every RVer have a surge protector, a good surge protector. Um, there's a thing called a hot skin condition with RVs where if you plug into a um, a pedestal that's miswired it has a missing ground or a work camper these people that, that work for you know get a free spot at an rv park and then they do chores and they go out and fix one of these pedestals and and miswire it do something wrong and you plug in you're just without a surge protector you can create what's called a hot skin condition where the entire rv becomes electrified and Ooh. if you have your foot on the ground and you touch your other foot on the step um, or, or you grab the handle, you'll feel a tingle. You can feel a little tingle. That's a shock. It's a minor shock. However, uh, every year there are several people that when they touch that handle are, are killed instantly from the shock. Oh, my gosh. Um, and so they don't, they don't realize. They assume those pedestals are all um, – they're just fine. But I've been – three times I've been um, – two times I've been saved um, from hot skin conditions – um, they were both KOA parks, which you think would, would they would know, yeah, but hope. they were the case where the, the ground came loose. They didn't even know. Nobody told them. And frankly, most of the time, nothing's going to happen. Um, uh, but but uh, because but if you have if circumstances are right, it's raining and your, your foot is on the ground and it's in water and you touch and it's hot. The, the hot skin condition exists. Then. Um, that can be very bad, and not to mention that um, improper, improper electronics can um, uh, wiring can also blow up your appliances and low voltage. You know, we were in um, Montana last I can, last summer, and the, um, the the surge protector will turn off your uh, your electricity when it gets below 103 volts or something. I don't remember what it was, but when it gets to the point where your air conditioner has not got enough. Uh, juice to run properly and it, it'll burn it'll burn up if it's if you try to run it on too low or too high uh, uh, spikes um, and a surge protector um, surge guard and progressive are the two companies that make make them um, they make cheap ones for under hundred dollars and then they make um, the ones that are about uh, three hundred dollars and that's what you got to get 
but they will save an RVer um, from uh, wow. either Good tip. repair Holy bills. Smokes. Yeah, it's a common, and boaters experience this too around the docks. Um, and it can be worse because you can get a shock from just getting in the water if a, a boat is uh, electrified. So things like that, um, I, you know, the, the other things we'll just talk about are little things, um, just different. I can't even, it, nothing really comes to mind. I can um, I can um, remember one that you recommended to me once a couple of years ago, and I, I have it in my mm-hmm. office. It's, it's a little, I don't know, was it $20, a little space heater that you yeah. told me about that, you know, heats up, damn near heats up the whole house. And I bought it and it was, it's great. A little, tiny little thing looks like, I don't know, a, yeah, it's a, like a, a minute, miniature toaster size or something and it works great. So that little item is a, probably a, a good, a good little one for people to have as well. That's a, that's good because it's, it's, it only takes about one and a half, um, watts yes or amps amps rather mm-hmm. and um and it's called a personal heater and because you can put it on your desk or at your feet and for people that always have cold feet just put it down on your feet or put it up in your desk and we put it in our our bathroom in the morning and um on cold days and it's it you know it's not going to heat a huge area but in a little space like a bathroom it'll keep it from getting cold it'll, that's right you know so um you're right 20 bucks something like that those but there's lots of little things like that that are um um, you know, that are useful to have in some cases. I mean, we just did something on the life straw, it's called. It's a little um, thing that you could put down into polluted water and drink through it, and it will purify it. So it's good to have for hikers that are going out, and maybe they'll get stuck out there, and they've got some, you know, um, source of water, but it's not very clean. Well, they could survive with that. Um, so the little things like that we point out if there would be of use. Gotcha. That's good. Hey, Chuck, yeah. it's been, uh, you know, once we're, since we're such longtime friends, um, you mm-hmm. know, once we get going, we get going. So thanks for yeah. filling in on all the different areas. Uh, it's great sure. to get caught up in the in the RV world. Our guest has been uh, Chuck Woodbury. I think we've been friends for, I don't know, almost 40 years, 35 years, something like that. And yeah. he uh, runs RV Travel and RVTravel.com and some auxiliary sites, I believe, that are still going strong with other areas so please visit his site he has a newsletter that's you know you couldn't you can't find a newsletter that has more information about any topic than than chuck's uh so thanks again chuck for being our guest on the weekly driver podcast we appreciate it very much please visit my site theweeklydriver.com and sign up for our podcast thanks a bunch chuck thank you james and bruce okay bye-bye bye-bye bye